It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Good afternoon and welcome everybody. This would be the Jeff Cameron Show right here on 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. It's my great privilege, if I could speak, to be with you. Happy Balls Wednesday to each and every one of you. Today, it feels like game week all of a sudden. Didn't yesterday. Does today. Good old Balls Wednesday gives you that good kind of feeling. I'm Jeff. There's Tom. Director Matthew here as well. And you are you listening to the Jeff Cameron Show. And for that, we thank you very much. We only ask that you like and subscribe if you're watching on your uh, WarChant TV. And you hit the bell and you do all that stuff. And you tell every person you've ever met to do the same. Our YouTube page says, you can ring my bell. Go ring for it. My bell. I remember when that song came out, Tom. No, you when, don't. Yeah, I do. I do. I remember... Uh, the 45, I remember the 45 was a hit. You could go buy the 45, Tom. You didn't live in a world in which you could go purchase. Well, you could, but they were relics. In my day. I don't even need a background check to get a 45. Yeah, what are you talking about? You could get a 45. And you go had, to the show. Had your little rotator and woo, there you go, buddy. You were all set. I was going through uh, old pictures the other day deciding, you know, that's the hardest thing in the world. Uh, long before uh, digital was the thing, we all had uh, we all became expert uh, photographers. You just took a bunch of pictures and then you got them developed, and then there you go. You were stuck with a bunch of pictures, three of which were worth a damn, and twenty five that sucked, or however many were on the roll. And the next thing you knew, over a life lived, you had accumulated a ton of pictures. And at some point, you end up in that situation where you go, "Yeah, I have thousands of pictures." And it makes me nostalgic to look at them. But in truth, what do I do with all these things? What, what, what do I do? Uh, and, um, and yeah, you got to throw them away because you're just going to be passing them on. But it's hard to throw away pictures of people you love, many of whom are dead by the time you get around to looking at some of those pictures. You're like, oh, well, there's Uncle Frank. He's been dead for 25 years. Anyhow, so it's, uh, yeah, so I was going through all these old pictures. I can't do it. I'm terrible. I'm better t- these days at throwing Lots of things away. Things even worth something. We, t- we had this conversation not long ago. I'll just get rid of it. I'm done with it. And I'm, I'm getting ruthless. I'm getting worse and worse. My wife noted something the other day. She's like, did you throw away those jars that I had left out I was going to use for the plants? I'm like, threw them away. They were there for more than a day. They were sitting there by the sink. I'm done with it. They're gone. Little does she know that you're about to employ the services of my guy <laughs> who's going to haul some stuff away out of the garage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's uh, true. Uh, Life Spectator noted that I was eight years old when that sorry-ass tune came out, and that is right. That felt right. Yeah, I was a little kid. 
It was a big hit. It was a huge hit. Did you hit. jam in the second row of the, uh, the station wagon to that song? Uh, it would come on the air in 1979, 1980. What would we have been in? My dad would have been driving a worthless automobile because he was broke. Um, my mom, I think, was broke at that time, too. They were divorced, so we were both broke. They were broke. It would have been something sorry, yeah. Uh, we had a brown, for a while, we had a brown Zephyr. You've probably never seen a Zephyr. It was a piece of garbage, uh, but it was a brown Zephyr that we rolled in there for a while, later given to my brother. Oh, really? And he had to roll in the brown oh, Zephyr, okay. which was hilarious. Yeah. Uh, I don't even know. Is that like the equivalent of a Pinto? What? Uh, it's just nondescript, Tom. It's just such a sorry ass. I don't even know. It's like a like, like just like a just a yep. language. Watch it. Uh, well, no, I was gonna say Chevy. Oh, okay. You heard? Right. She- no. Yeah, no, no, no. Chevy. You're gonna say shaky. Different word for shaky. And I wasn't even ripping like all Chevys. Like the, there are Chevy trucks that are fine or whatever. I'm not. But uh, it was like just a standard sedan Chevy. Sorry, ass, embarrassing. Yeah, it was awful. Um, by the way, guys, uh, I see where some folks noted on Warchant.com and on the. Scroll here in the chat that uh, Norvell was upset with the Knowles about their practice this way. I don't know. You know, I just, I'll just tell you this. I never believe uh, when they're angry or, or when they're excited. I, I don't, it could very well be accurate that they could have had a terrible practice. I have not talked to Ira today who would have been there. I did not go to today's practice. It, 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 but, but, you know, it could have looked completely like every other practice. It, it wouldn't have mattered. Um, wouldn't matter. It, it, it just it, you don't ride those highs and lows. Not for UMass week, baby. <laughs> not for UMass week. How do you play? How you sound you... like our players uh, entitled. Uh, oh, good God! So this entitlement. How do you play on Saturday, man? How do you come out and play? You locked in because the film's telling you that this is an overwhelming mismatch. So maybe you're less than enthused on a, on a Wednesday practice. You're, you know, you're, you're just going through the motions. Sure. And people will tell you, well, you can't do that. You're going to be locked in nonsense. It's a long ass season. Um, <laughs> the old Ford Zephyr, what a chick magnet. Good job. Get down or lay down an ugly late seventies, early eighties today. And funny that it was Brown. Yes, that's correct. It was just awful. Uh, so I, that's a misnomer. You don't have to be locked in every day. In fact, the guys that are locked in every day at practice and go all out all the time in practice are the most annoying guys you've ever worked with. They're impossible. There are times to just do your job. Just do your job. You don't have to be. You don't have to do it with great zeal. Just do what you're supposed to do. Now that you can't. Now you can't f off and not show up and not do what you're supposed to do. I'm not saying that. You yeah, gotta, it sounds like you're trying to rewrite the culture. No, 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 no. You locker room cancer, you. <laughs> Everybody out there knows these guys. You've worked with them and you've also competed with them. And they get these great glowing write-ups of the stuff bad movies like Rudy are made out of. It's it's just this thing where a guy who's so desperate to be on the team over wants to overachieve, and we root for overachievers. I get that. But they give everything on every play. Meanwhile, the guys who are infinitely more talented and are going to be starting in the game and, and really deal with the, the day-in, day-out pain of playing on Saturdays and, and taking a beating, they're like, all right, cool, cool your jets, man. Slow your roll here, baby. It's all right. I got it. I know you're excited to be out here. It's your opportunity. But every play, no, 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 no. That's not what we do, killer. Hot take. Rudy was a criminal and a moocher. There you go. Yeah, I thought the movie sucked, too. I, I, I hated the movie. So, and, and I said that the first time I ever saw it without even really even knowing the back. back. Sean Astin was better in 41st <laughs> Dates. 
There's another hot take. He was better than Go. Go is great. Or the Goonies. Yeah. You know, I got to go back, circle back. Goonies was real big also when I was younger and when you were really young. Oh, yeah. Uh, but, you know, I don't know. I, I, it was on not long ago and my kids were watching. I was kind of like, eh, not feeling the Goonies. You weren't feeling the Goonies. No. Sometimes the rewatch is a, you do yourself a disservice. You Man, need to be of a certain. Don't try and practice. It's not that big of a deal. Goonies, the Goonies uh, are terrible. <laughs> Rudy's awful. What are we doing? <laughs> No, I'm in a good mood today. I'm in a great mood today, actually, and I'm excited about Saturday, and I'm looking forward to seeing friends who are coming into town and family, and, and it's, it's going to be a good time. I think, you know, obviously it's nice going to a game that you know you're going to win, but also I want to see how well they play. Um, and, and, and the second half of the season has me pumped up. It's a, real, it's a mystery in a weird way because the, the team is healthier, and, and obviously we're in a better headspace than we were in Oh, at zero and four for sure, uh, but but also just seeing them play well. It, it was it, seeing them play well against North Carolina did more for me than the actual win against Syracuse. Like just seeing them play well, look like they had some semblance of an yeah. idea, and they competed on the football on the defensive end, and the back end. They did all those things, right? You take a game and you finish a game. That's the yeah, difference. They yeah. took the game at the end of the second half from Syracuse to go up thirty to twenty. They're getting the football. They're taking that game, but then they don't finish. And then you get away with one. I mean, frankly, I mean that's not designed how we got down the field and, and kicked the field goal to win it. No, yeah. you got the job done. You got the result. That's good because we were zero four. You didn't want to be zero and five. No. So good job. Needed to win that game. But you go on the road where you were one and twelve, and your last thirteen is a program. Mm. And the Boston College game, we kind of pulled away late. This was an ass kicking after the first quarter, ten to nothing between the quarters. Next thing you know, thirty-five to seven run for Florida State. I mean, that doesn't happen very often around these parts, and we're hoping it happens more often, but you need that turning point. I don't think the Syracuse win is the turning point as much as the North Carolina win, to to your point. Yeah, no, definitely. And and then, again, because it's such a jumbled mess, you and I were talking earlier today. You're writing a story, Third and Lang. It's not out on Warchant.com. Uh, it's it's or- filed. The PFF stuff I actually scrapped, but we can talk about that if you'd like. Well, the, the only reason, yeah, and I understand why you scrapped the PFF stuff, because you and I were talking about I was on PFF today as well trying to do some research and I went down a rabbit hole. I was doing research for this Iowa State game against Oklahoma State, which is a good game in the Big 12. I mean, it's all relative, but good game. And then I, I started looking. They, obviously, they've got a really good running back, and so does Oklahoma State, so I was comparing numbers. And then I thought, huh, wonder where we had – you know, Treshawn Ward compares – just in yeah. usage rates are really low, obviously, but when you look at him, he compares favorably to almost any running back in the country. Am I saying Treshawn Ward is B. John Robinson? No. Am I saying he's a good player with the ball in his head? Yes, without question. He's very productive. We know that. So I was going through, and then I started going down, like I said, a rabbit hole. I started checking number for number, receiver for receiver, and player for player, and then I was just stuck in it, and I was looking at the ACC. I went from Florida State to the ACC as a whole. And, you know, you do have to throw, as you've pointed out, and I've said for a couple years now, it's not the be-all, end-all. It is a measuring tool, uh, PFF, that is. There, there's something you can glean from those numbers uh, that are helpful. There are things that are helpful that you learn from reading those numbers. And then there are things that you just have to throw out because it's not like competition, et cetera. Sometimes it's not against Power 5 competition, and that, that's, it's, it's weaved together. It's baked in the numbers, and you'd, you'd want to say, no, don't do that. that that's a, come on, we're really looking at this number against uh, Old Dominion and, and, and equating it to what that guy did against a, a Power 5 team? Don't do that. So – we were, I was going through all those, 
And you just, you know, the ACC, uh, those numbers are revealed uh, just as your eyes tell you on Saturdays uh, is a mess. It's kind of wide open. I think NC State emerges as the best team in the ACC, even though from a recruiting ranking standpoint and uh, SP Plus, you'd say it's Clemson. Um, But uh, obviously your eyes, you're watching Clemson, something's amiss there. The interior of the offensive line is not good. Quarterback play has not been good. Partially, those are married together. I love the rumors out of Clemson that there's some infighting there. They're not in love with DJ at quarterback, which is great to hear. Good. Hate each other. You expose that fraud, that clown that's been a, you know clad in his sweatshirt for these last six years, smiling at everybody, and we all knew. You ought to thank profusely all those assistants around you, you clown. The Wuhan himself. Wuhan himself, right. But now. What it did was is a couple things. I said to you, and we laughed about this today. I'm really glad we don't play Pitt. Right. That's yep. The, yep. And that would be a problematic matchup uh, for Florida State because uh, 48.3 points per game for Pitt and a quarterback that has made himself uh, perhaps millions of dollars this year. Um, Pickett was always a, was a highly good, touted player and prospect, and it's it's about time if you're a Pitt fan. He's really um, his his movement within the pocket to buy more time, and he's an accurate passer of the football. I mean, hell, he torched us on one foot. But but the point would be, I'm glad we don't play them. Second, I think the thing that emerged to me was the matchup against NC State is a a tough matchup for Florida State. We'll get to it when we get to it. Um, but. Miami, Boston College, uh, obviously UMass this week. I mean, you start to feel very good about three more wins right. definitively, yeah. right? And then and then you can start talking about the other games. Like, NC State's not unwinnable. No, it's not hopeless to get on the plane, go up to Clemson, and make it a game. That's right. not crazy. Not crazy, only because I love our front four, and Clemson's obviously Clemson's offense has struggled against virtually everybody. So you could be in that game. I do think when we get to that game, uh, this will be this this were this is where sort of the one dimensional way we have to play the game on offense currently, I think, can come back to hurt us. I I, I know what you're saying because read option if it's if it's if it's humming, it's going to open up the rest of the run game against almost everybody. But man, I think individually along the line, at some point you have to be able not to, to to angle your way to a four and five yard run, but to physically put your hands on somebody and move them. And I'm not real sure that's going to happen. I hear you, but how is it possible? And then Sean Tucker could go for 130 or 140 yards on a defensive line. That that's my point is at some point when you're assessing what Clemson is, and you look at the game against Georgia Tech and Syracuse, and you see some of the deficiencies. It's not like they're giving up 30 points to either of those opponents. No, they didn't. No. But, you know, you can't hit enough things that if Clemson continues be to game. be... Ha- oh, yeah. yeah. No, no, no. I, I agree with you because Clemson's offense is terrible. So you could be in the game, but I don't think you're going to hit a lot. Their defense, all the advanced metrics say their defense is still really good. I mean, it, it is still good. The players, the, the draft-eligible players are really good. I mean, they, they've got good players. So, But we don't play Clemson this week. The, the point is, the second half of the season, which once looked like a disaster for us given what we were and what those names were and what we thought them to be before the season began, right? We looked at that schedule and we said, ooh, you better make hay early because the back end of this gets real hard between Miami, which we thought would be a lot better, Florida on the road, you know, 
Clemson, who's pissed off because Wuhan thought we were trying to duck them a year ago and all that, and then knowing what Clemson typically is, you're thinking, and then NC State's got a good team this year. So you're, you know, quite possibly you thought, good God, I don't know that we could find a win in the second half of the season. So we start the year as disastrously as you can. Right. And now we're looking at that. And what was two weeks ago? We were going into that game going, man, if they don't beat Syracuse today, guys, the UMass win may be the only one you see because you threw away the Jack State game. So we've gone from thinking that way to, I don't know, all of them are winnable. Yeah. That's crazy. That's it. This is, a, 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 I think, a seismic shift in the way we viewed the second half of the season prior to the year or prior to the first win against Syracuse. All of a sudden, you began to kind of evolve as a team. Buy-in became evident with results. And now I think mentally we're all in this place where you're like, hmm, well, I don't know. Uh, Maybe we will go win at Clemson. Maybe we can beat NC State at home. Maybe we do play Florida close. Maybe they're in shambles. Maybe they quit on their head coach. They already had a quarterback who's set to start this weekend or next weekend and say that uh, he's a Gator for now, quote-unquote. I mean, that can't be telling of a healthy relationship in the locker room, right? So all of a sudden, there's a lot more possible is all I'm saying. And maybe that's why we're all just so geeked up on a Wednesday of UMass week because it kickstarts this whole second half of possibility. Yeah, but it, it, I will tell you for this particular game this weekend, it makes me a little bit more bloodthirsty for UMass because it's do what you're supposed to do, get off the field, right, and put yourself in position to be healthy for this stretch because that's the one thing that's not changing. We could talk about the oh, aptitude you know, you of the hurt. opponents, yeah, you get, yeah, yeah. but you're looking at physical games in sequence here. Clemson, NC State, Miami, man. I mean, they might not be good, but if Miami cares to play that football game, it's a rivalry game, so that's going to take a toll on you. And that's the third in the sequence. You're going up on the road and playing an angry Clemson team that doesn't want to lose to Florida State because that would be another signal of how far they've fallen. Ooh, That's what we serve as. Let it happen, baby. We serve as Wake once did for us a long time ago. Mm. We serve as Syracuse or Duke. serves us, yes. Right. Wake serves our papers. You ain't going to lose to Duke, are you? Wake's like, get you some. That's what they're hearing at Clemson. You ain't going to lose to Florida State, are you? You're not going to be that team. So you're going to see an angry bunch that weekend. NC State's going to come down here motivated for postseason, New Year's Six, all that kind of stuff. Mm. Physical, physical. Miami, yeah, absolutely. Boston College is the fourth in that sequence. Even if Boston College is a shell of themselves, you still got to go up there and earn it. And then you got Florida the following week. So I'm looking at the physical attrition of the second half as the number one concern, which means the fewer reps you put on your body this weekend the better shape you're going to be in to handle those games in sequence. So go out there and be damn mature about yourselves on Saturday. Clock in, clock out, let the freshmen go out there and get some tape, and that's it. Big game for Jeff Halfley in Boston College this weekend against Louisville on the road. Louisville's favored, and of course that's a 3-3 Louisville team or whatever. BC then is on the road at Syracuse. Syracuse, as I like to say. And, And they got Virginia Tech. This whole conference is a jumbled ass That's a mess. I mean, everybody is three and three or three and four or two and four or four and two. Nobody's any good. I got it. Man, I if BC loses to Louisville this weekend, it's entirely possible. In fact, the odds makers think it is possible. They they've got Louisville favored. 
if that happens and they move uh, to four and three and end up, um, you know, you kind of see this team moving in the wrong direction. A game that you and I were very concerned about at the beginning of the year and even after yeah. the first four games, we would be like, oh, dude, we're going to win that game. We're going up there to win that game. I feel that way right now. Yeah, if we're still, I mean, if we're healthy enough and we get through the these games in order the way we need to and we've got enough people in certain segment groups that are thin and they're available, then sure. But the thing is that you've got to be healthy and you can't let the rivalry game against Miami take too much out of you and then the look-ahead factor of Florida. That, that's why that game, no matter what, I, I still think it's in a tough spot. BC may have five wins at the time, and this is their best chance to go to a bowl, right? And so you get them motivated well, that's fair. in that particular circumstance. One thing I'd say, and, and this is why, this is a big reason why I didn't do the PFF thing I wanted to do with this week's feature, is if you look at the way they weight grades in Pro Football Focus, it doesn't matter if you play Colgate or if you play Clemson. If you play Alabama or it's Alabama State, yeah, yeah, they they're going to the grade they're going to grade you the same way, and it's going to be weighted the same way. So for that reason, because of Boston College' terrible schedule to start the year, including a Colgate, they're the 11th best team in Pro Football Focus rankings. If you look at the entire country, like Boston College is number 11 in the country in overall grades. That's why you've got to always make sure that you look at the context of the information that you're getting you're from, damn a, from right, a service because like they PFF. Also, they also inexplicably would be ranked there with a 45-28 to 28 win over UMass, That's who correct. comes to town this weekend. They also barely beat Mizzou. I mean, their well, schedule is unbelievably weak, Boston College. But if you're playing weak competition and you do good things against them, Pro Football Focus isn't going to take you down a notch. They're going to say that's what you... What you did is what you did. The straw that stirred the drink for Boston College was that resounding win over Temple, Tom Lang. 28-3. It's the Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time time or your money back guaranteed because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply Man, that is overly kind, Commonwealth. He writes, uh, man, oh, man, do I love your show. You guys are fantastic. Thanks for all you do. And go Knowles. Well, buddy, thank you. That's awfully kind. I feel like I'm being set up. (laughs) Psych. (laughs) Uh, I read this quote today and I laughed. Uh, I'll get back to Florida State here in just a second. In passing, the sports news of the day. Really, this came out, uh, I think, maybe I read it yesterday, but I included it in this because this was the classic wink, wink, nod, nod. And I thought about introducing him at the quarterback club. Uh, Years ago, Phil Fulmer came to speak here, and uh, at that time he was doing something with East Tennessee State, and I was the presenter uh, at the quarterback club, and and so, you know, you, you get you get his bio and you go through all that stuff. And 
they they sit you up at the table so that you can talk with the evening's guests. One of my favorite guests ever was Jim Don, and he was a lot of fun to hang out with and talk to. And I, I could see he and I sharing a few cocktails together and having some conversations. We just got along swimmingly. Other guests that I've had to introduce up there uh, in the past, back when I used to do that, uh, I've thought, I hate this man. I'd like to spend uh, as little time with him as possible. It, it's just the way it works. You're like You know pretty quickly when it comes to people with egos. And we all have them. I mean, I got my own, obviously. But like, they'll let you know who they are pretty quick because they're going to assert themselves. And usually there's somebody of, of measure. They've accomplished something in whatever field that they're in, usually football in the case of the quarterback club. And so their reputation sort of precedes them. And, um, you know, I'm aware of so-and-so's record and what he did or didn't do successfully. But other guys you meet, you're like, I told you uh, Jim Grove was one of the nicest guys I ever met. That was good to hear. It made me happy, too. I was hoping I'd hear that. Because I always greatly admired him. He did so much more with less for years. And he turned down the damn Nebraska job. I bet they're still lamenting that he turned down the Nebraska job. They should be, anyhow. But but so Grove, I was so worried about. Because when I sat next, I was like, man, I really admire this guy. I hope he's not an ass. We talked, and I thought, Jim Grove, my man, you're solid as a rock. Anyhow, uh, Phil was super nice. Whatever, we got along just fine, me and Phil Fulmer. But he found out I had gone to Etsu, and so we had long conversations about that. He found out? Who told him? I told him. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) I told him. And, uh, well, because at that time he had just been introduced um, for his role at East Tennessee State. So Mm -hmm. it was pertinent uh, that he was there, not me. (laughs) Quote, most recently... Uh, Fulmer telling ESPN about Jeremy Pruitt, who's now suing Tennessee. Pruitt did not get his kiss my ass on Main Street money. They said, no, you get nothing. You get the hell up out of this office, and you get zero dollars for us firing you because we're firing you, Jeremy Pruitt, with cause. Now, nobody thought it was a stretch that Jeremy Pruitt, at least the one who we knew here, could ever get fired for cause, right? When we found that out, we went, "Mm, yes, indeed. Nobody's like, what? Jeremy Pruitt? They were all like, yes, um, I'm sure. There's nothing sacred in this world. Right. Quote, and this made me laugh because as much as I can roll my eyes at Jeremy Pruitt, who did a good job here, as much as I can roll my eyes at Jeremy Pruitt, I had to roll my eyes at this quote because there's nothing that could be further from the truth than what this man is alleged to have said to Jeremy Pruitt upon hiring him once Phil Fulmer was made athletic director, which was also stupid of Tennessee to do. The days I interviewed each candidate for the head football coaching position at the University of Tennessee, including Jeremy Pruitt, I emphasized to all candidates that you did not have to cheat here at the University of Tennessee in order to win, and that cheating in no way will be tolerated. Jeremy has no one to blame but himself for having been fired by Tennessee. He had a great opportunity at a great university, and he just simply screwed it up by cheating. Sir, let's, let's all be honest with each other here. You, you were brought in because Tennessee had been ass sorry for 17 years in your absence. And in an act of sheer desperation, they thought, well, maybe Fat Phil, if we made him an athletic director, could somehow rekindle the magic that happened when he was here in 98 and all those good years that we remember fondly as volunteers. So let's, let's hire Phil Fulmer, who has no qualifications to be an athletic director, to be our athletic director. And then, Phil, you pick a guy, 
somebody that gets us back to the way things were when you were here. You know, the times when we weren't getting our head kicked in by every single member of the SEC. And Phil then brought in Jeremy Pruitt because nine other people said no. And he sat down with Jeremy and said, well, we, we need to win. we got to find a way to win. Do you think that he threw the caveat out there, by the way, Jeremy, not only is your mandate to win, but we really we want you to do it on the up and up. Please. Was that the hire where they turned around Chiano's plane? Or was that the next hire? Chiano was on the plane and got... So, they, they turned yeah, it around? They turned it around, yeah. You think they regret that one, too? Well, yes. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, no, it makes me laugh. It's just it's funny to think about like the fact that he has to say that on the record. I'm sure he's going to have to say it in court. Well, be careful. Well, it's he and Jeremy Pruitt. Nobody, nobody's believable in the moment. I doubt there was anybody else in the office. Good luck to the stenographer when uh, Mr. Pruitt has to appear in court. I mean, that. the court reporter. Whole <laughs> par whole. Yeah, that's a. She uh, looks what? at the judge like I don't. I don't know. What's he talking? I'm about? going with. Yeah, I'm a little nervous. Yeah, it makes me laugh. But the I, I mean, if Phil Fulmer did say that to Jeremy Pruitt, he said, "Now, Jeremy, you understand that I." What I'm about to say next is something that I'm required to say. And Jeremy nodded. Ho. <laughs> Ho. That's, That's right. One for yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you don't have to cheat here at the University of Tennessee, Jeremy. We, uh, In fact, I strongly discourage you from cheating here at Tennessee. Ho. You understand, Jeremy. Now, that said, we'd like to win some football games, and we'd like to win them sooner rather than later. Just don't arrive at the place of the winning through illegal means. At least none that we can trace, Jeremy. Ho, par, ho. <laughs> that is that, right? There's no way. I mean, they came to an agreement, and it was a classic, I understand. The mission has been... But anyhow, that, that lovely party's going to court, and the threat from the lawyers for Jeremy Pruitt is that if you do not pay him the remaining $12 million that he is seeking, uh, things can get worse for Tennessee. And my answer, my question to that would be, how? How much, how much worse? What do you mean? They're throwing golf balls. What do we, it's not going to get worse. They won anything in 20 plus years. It can't get worse. Maybe it was Pruitt. Oh, chucked one. <laughs> Uh, I'll return to Florida State, who's ranked in the top three or voted to finish in the top three of the uh, standings here in the ACC for basketball. And I don't like it. Damn it. I've been demanding the respect for years, and we got it, and I don't feel comfortable with it. It's the Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Jesus, don't cry. If you aren't already aware, the Warchant Multimedia Network has you covered on your drive home. Grab our podcast every day before you hit the road and on your drive to work. Subscribe to Wake Up Warchant, presented by DeLuna Coffee, which is delicious, I might add. And hear the latest from our Warchant teammates, Corey Clark and Aslan Hushavendi. Thanks. Uh, that's Wake Up Warchant, I should say. Also, thanks, Wake Up Warchant, uh, wherever you get your podcasts. They'll be on tonight at 730 Corey stuck around to do a little bit of basketball availability, so uh, he's going to hit the road, be home, up no, he's in the, be the here. GA. He's not going anywhere. He's here all week. 
Oh, he is? Oh, my man ain't going anywhere. He's got a game to cover on Saturday, buddy. It's already Wednesday. There's oh, nowhere to go. I guess so. Yeah, it's not the bye week anymore. No. Nope. There was something about basketball. I guess maybe he's going to hang out for evening availability or something. So 7.30 tonight, right here, Warchant TV for Wake Up Warchant Live. Yeah. Um, I The basketball, I'm excited. We were talking about it just a moment ago, and so I should allude to it again because I'm often good at teasing and never fulfilling. Boy, I'm terrible that way. Leave you in the lurch. Tease something and don't get middle teased. school again. I just, this is awful, right? Uh, in voting by media members, you can read that story, warchant.com. Corey Clark wrote it, in fact. At the ACC tip-off event in Charlotte, the Knowles were picked to finish, Tom, second in the preseason conference poll. It's the highest such ranking since joining the conference three decades ago. So here we are getting our just due. Finally, getting our just due. Uh, Duke was, by the way, picked to win the league, receiving 47 first-place votes. Uh, North Carolina, no more rolling out there, Roy, to make fun of, finished third. Uh, in voting by media members, uh, Florida State there, again, getting that, uh, that second-place uh, finish vote, they woke up. They realized that every year Florida State ends up finishing above their projected finish in the, uh, in the vote. In fact, they have for, I believe, Five or six consecutive years finished above where they were projected to finish. Who was number one? I missed it. <laughs> so now they got us at second. And uh, I don't know, man. We complained that the ACC media did a poor job of recognizing the consistency of a program like Florida State's because we weren't a name brand, so much so that Leonard and his crew did a good job of rebranding themselves as the New Bloods. I don't know that you can even call them that anymore. They'll continue to talk about it because that's what you do when you brand yourself. But honestly, uh, it's not all that new anymore. I mean, when you go to back-to-back-to-back Sweet 16s uh, and further in some cases, then um, you know, you're not sneaking up on anybody. And when you produce NBA players on the regular, including a top-five pick last year, uh, yeah, man. I mean, you're kind of a program of significance, not just because of accomplishment on the floor in the way of progressing through the tournament and making said tournament year in and year out, but also because you're producing NBA talent. You're recruiting to that level. And that staff has continued to also develop really good players. And so I get it. No longer are you going to be uh, this team that sneaks up on anybody. It took too long to get there. But I, I rather enjoyed the I told you so over the years. Now you have legitimate expectations after losing a lot of members, a lot of points, a lot of valuable minutes to uh, either the NBA or graduation. So you're kind of in an interesting place as you go into this season with a lot of unknowns. Yeah, it's going to be a weird year. Uh, the first exhibition is a week from tomorrow. I believe that. Yeah. How about them apples? We are on the precipice of being able to watch and assess Florida State basketball, but they've got a lot of moving parts. And if you look at the schedule of the non-conference slate, if you ranked interesting games one through five, the top three or four are all away from the TLC double C. So you're not going to see a whole lot of challenges unless we get a surprise, like in the way of a UNF or something along those lines in past seasons. You're not going to see a lot of marquee matchups with your own eyes. You're going to have to watch those on TV. Sometimes you'll be at the mercy of the ACC network or an RSN, and you hope you get the coverage that can allow you to watch the game, see the replays, and, and consume what you need to consume. But this product, while Leonard always says we're nowhere close to being a, a finished product or no, we're nowhere close to where we want to be. His patience is extraordinary, it, by the way. This particular season, I think that's fair. That's fair to expect from everybody until about January. 
mean, you got to get into the throws of the conference season, maybe five games in, before we really know what the rotation is going to look like. It's just in a typical year, you get a couple of non-conference games with, that you can see here in Tallahassee where we can assess things and get a feel for them. That's not the way it is this year. So when we get those chances to play Boston U or whatever over the next six weeks, you know, just go watch the team and, and see what happens. It's not for a lack of capable opponents. We play Florida in like three weeks' time, three and a half weeks' we always time. We play them so early in the season. We yeah. do. Yeah. got Purdue in the ACC Big Ten. But also, Tom, as a side note there, it should be noted, we also always beat them. This is true. Yeah, just side note. It's since they tipped it in to their own basket. We were in Los Angeles. When we were in Los Angeles. That's yeah. correct. Yeah, we have not lost. We since, didn't lose that day either. That's correct. Since that point. Yeah. yeah. That's a long time ago. Eight years ago. It is. I have a lot more gray <laughs> hair than I used to. I have a lot less hair than I used to, and I didn't have much then. So that is doing some things. You know, I'm reaching an age of uh, the I don't care, you know, how, how we get to that Uh-oh. place. We got suspenders coming soon? No suspenders. But I, I got, so if you can look here, like this is a. Jeans up to the navel? This is a, no, no. This is a day and a half, and it's starting to come in, but I noticed something. And I'm, I'm not growing a beard. I just lazily didn't shave. And Why not go for the bald man beard look? I could do it. I could do it. Some people have asked me to do it, but here's why. It's a lot of gray, man. It's, it's this all through here. It become it's gray. It's just. It's a lot of gray. You and don't I'm, like that? That, that well, makes you sad? It doesn't make me sad. Like, I'm not going anywhere. I'm happily married. I'm not out on the hunt. I'm not trying to pick up chicks. I mean, but my days are over, you know? I've got, I'm happily, like I said, happily married. Got two kids. I've got responsibilities. So it's not that. It's not the vanity that, you know, you're like, oh. But it is a stark realization that you're, you're getting old. You're getting old, right? And... I didn't. Right. Th- I didn't think it would bother me. So we got some genuine fear going on here. And there's with the no facial fear. Hair. There's no fear. But just recently, when it started to grow it out, I was like, "Good God, when did this happen? When did this happen?" And if you like, okay, I got my bald head here. Now you can see I got hair growth there coming in a little bit there. But if you look, what are you trying to grow it back? What are we doing? Oh, I could grow it back. I have hair. You're going chia you pet hair. But here's the problem: the sides, Tom. When you grow it, if you grow it out, yeah, yeah. They're all gray. Oh, buddy, I'm starting to develop wings. I'm going to look gray. like Polly Walnuts this time next year. I don't know what I'm going to do with that. <sighs> I got wings coming in. I like that you got wings. You got hair to do it with. Polly Walnuts, do it up. <laughs> Listen here, C. I got something for you. Dude. He loved T so much. Yeah. It bothered yeah. me how little respect he had for him. He always suspected him. I feel like he might have been in on it at the end. Oh, do you know? Do you? Yeah. Because of the picture? No, because the last meeting they have in front of Satriales, right? Yeah. And, and it's at the table. Yeah. And then he goes away, he walks away. He looks back. The, the look that Paulie has as it's his final, you know, He's camera pissed. shot. Yeah. There's a look like, mm-hmm, or I know what's coming, or something's coming. I just <laughs> it's it was very unsettling. I just love the transformation of the wings in the show that they were inverted. It was dark hair, white wings in the beginning of the show. Yeah, then by the yeah, end, it's white, white hair with the dark wings. So I'll tell you that it's it's piqued my interest again to go back and maybe start and watch that series from start to finish again. I re, I did it's that. Brutal. It's so good though. Yeah, I did do it with the wire. I haven't done it with Breaking Bad. 
I've already, of course, seen it, but I wanted to go back and rewatch that too. Just so many things you missed upon first, and that's back when you watch things incrementally, as opposed to you know you just. It's sit just there and... for the payoff of Ralphie. That's what it is. That's a big payoff. Oh yeah, that son of a bitch. You know, as the viewer, you get hit with a lot of things. You're like, God, this is just. I don't like anybody. But you know what? Ralphie can go. Thank you. Take out Ralphie, please. Oh, I wanted Ralphie Make dead. this a scene that we can remember. I wanted I wanted him dead, and I wanted uh, Tony's sister killed uh, <laughs> seventeen different times by Tony. I used yeah. to be like, just shoot her in the face. Oh, can we be Janice? Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh my, Janice my was the yeah. worst. She was the worst. Every time she opened her mouth, I'd be like, just shoot Janice already. Right. She's insane. Yeah. As if Tony doesn't have enough issues from his parents. Like Janice, you got to throw oh, that in there. She was the worst. Oh, just the worst. I've seen Oz. Thanks for bringing that. <laughs> Michael says you're going with the Hulk Hogan. <laughs> no, I. There's a part of me out of sheer curiosity that wants to grow everything out, like just grow it all out and lose it, so that you guys, we would all crack up laughing. Mm-hmm. I'd say grow that out and bleach blonde it for Halloween, <laughs> <laughs> and then shave off the top. That would be tremendous. Hey, Ryan, I do like that you have picked up on my sir, and I, over the years, of course, um, you know, sir is something that I bring up all the time when people make poor choices, especially as it pertains to their hair. But I disagree with you. Mark Stoops is not the next contestant. He has so far jumped the shark. Every time I see him in a press conference without a hat on, I'm like, Mark, Mark. Are we also like these? Uh, are we like Urban Meyer? Do we not have friends? I mean, can nobody put their arm around you and say it's gone? The dream is over, Mark. Mark Stoops, the dream is over. What are you doing with this little frizzledy do back here? First of all, it starts back here. It's like Stevie Wonder's hair, which starts way the hell back here on the back because there's nothing. What? Do, why are you parting that? What are we doing? And then I would also say the 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 other part of that would be. Uh, the the lead candidate is, is who you already talked about. It's um, McElroy, Greg McElroy, uh, former quarterback. Oh, the analyst. What are we doing? Have you seen him lately? No, I have. Oh, buddy, I, I haven't seen one of the booth shots in a oh, long time. Come on now, Greg. What are we doing? You got joining me as always, you, you, Greg McElroy. I'll you, have to tune in. You got to call it a day, Greg. Sometimes it's just time to call it a day. And no, I'm not going to grow everything up. My wife wouldn't let me. She she wants me to. She gets mad when it's this long. Come on with the white beard. Let's go. I could grow the white beard out. Could be a wizard. <laughs> the what? That's not the look I'm going for. Have you seen Cameron lately? He's turned into a wizard. <laughs> it's the Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chat TV. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg. This is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Yeah, this will be uh, uh, a rather short segment as I went long lamenting the gray growth. But what are you going to do? What are you going to do? It's UMass week. I'm not going to spend an inordinate amount of time breaking down UMass. Why would I? Florida State, a massive favorite over UMass as one would 
suspect and unlike, and I, I understand people recoil when you make assumptions about wins because of the outlier that turned out to be Jacksonville State, and we'll never be able to do it again. We'll never be able to just comfortably assume a win because Jacksonville State has scarred us all to a level where when you hear me mention it, you're like, Cameron, did we not remember the Jacksonville State game? It's the first thing that comes up. I'm telling you, Jacksonville State would hammer UMass and be heavily favored over them. I can remember a similar situation back in 2011. This is when we lost to Wake off of a bye. Oh, Jesus, Jimbo. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we lost the, it was a toughie. the Oklahoma game, and EJ got hurt. Then we went up to Clemson, tried to run the, uh, run the Wildcat with Chris Thompson for like four plays, <laughs> and then we just had Trickett run the rest of the game. By a week, Wake, you lose that. Trickett and we thought, played great against Clemson, if you remember. He did. He threw yeah. the ball really well, yeah. And there was a wide-open touchdown on yeah. the final play if he yeah. just saw it. Yeah. If he just had enough time. After the wake loss, the questions were, Duke's next. We're not going to lose to Duke, are we? Are we? Right. And we blew Duke out. So we've heard these types of things before where it's like, is there a new low? And we've done a really good job of testing those waters, but UMass would be an unbelievable redefinition. Oh, of, of don't even. What are you doing? Don't even throw that out there. Hey, as an aside, because we can introduce it to this audience, the newer audience, 93.3's audience that doesn't have it, or maybe even some new audience members of WarChan TV who don't know about this longstanding gripe I have. More than a gripe, it's it's an actual... In uh, it, it, a different blood time, feud. well, in a different time in my life, I, I'd be willing to hurt somebody over this. Um, oh, legit blood feud. Yeah, so... Uh, Pitt is favored over Clemson this weekend. You saw that, right? Yeah. Pitt is a legitimate favorite. That makes sense. Yes, it, of course it does. But they, but it's just, to say it out loud, it's interesting. Pitt is a three-point favorite over Clemson. Can you recall the last time Clemson was an underdog in ACC play? Uh, 2016 against us. Might it have been a game against Louisville. Oh. And who was playing quarterback for Louisville, Tom? Lamar Jackson. Yeah, and who said that Clemson would win that game and was willing to put, I don't know, few thousand dollars on it. Yeah, yeah. That guy still hasn't paid. It's unreal. Hour number two.